Hello humans, welcome to the Athlete's Couch. Today I have Sammy with me. Sammy is one of my good friends from Akron. We um, both played there together. He played soccer and our teams were just really close for a few years and it was a blast getting to hang out with Sammy. Sammy's always been one of the most realest people I know, very raw, very outspoken about the things that he believes in, things that he feels, and I just love the genuineness that Sammy is. So I'm super excited for this conversation. Yeah, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so what's up? My name is Samuel. Uh, I'm from East London, um, obviously in the UK. Uh, I started playing uh, football when I was around four years old, and then from there just continued on, obviously, all the way until... I got the opportunity to go to America for a scholarship at um, 18. And my first school was in uh, Arizona, a smaller school called OUAZ. And uh, it was the school's first, um, I was part of, like, part of the school's first ever class, so everyone there was athletes. There was only about like 800 students at the beginning because it was still building up. Like, Wait, like the building. school? It was their first? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That, yeah. I never knew that. That's crazy. Yeah. So I'm part, I'm part of their, like, Yeah, that's post athlete life is like a whole new adventure to dive into and uncover who you really are outside of your sport because it's so easy just playing your sport and that being your identity and that being what you consume most of your time with and then you graduate and it's like, oh, what should I, what do I like besides my sport? Yeah, you kind of get like a bit zombified. Yeah. You just go through the motions and everything. Yeah. You just like tired. Oh, yeah. And, like, the first two years is, like, oh, I love this. Like, this is great. Like, yeah, this is really hard because it's a whole new routine that you're going through and yeah. something completely different from high school. Um, but then the last two years, it can kind of be, like, this, I've been doing this for so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you do kind of get in, like, a bit of a cycle. Mm-hmm. I know for me, when I, my, uh, when I was at my first school, we would uh, we'd wake up at the same time every single day. It was like 6 a.m. And then obviously my first year, we didn't have we didn't have field yet. So we'd drive to like 15 minutes to this little church-like field that they would, they would lend to us. And we were all living in, ho- we were living in hotel rooms, <gasps> but with, uh, with bunk beds. So it was me and then three other people in the hotel room with a bunk bed. And we'd wake up 6.15, there's no space. Everyone's like scampering around trying to get... Wait, how many of you were in one room? Four of us. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was one like it was a big one small little two star like imagine like a holiday in kind of hotel. And did you have like a kitchen? No, I mean you couldn't cook anything there. Like we had to eat like the school food. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and at the beginning, the school food there, I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about it too much I'm not gonna <laughs> I don't wanna dampen their reputation, but it was tough, man. Hopefully they're tough. doing better now. I mean everyone's school food's like yeah, I mean, they're trying. They're yeah, trying. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much better they're doing. Oh, that's crazy. So did, by the end of your four years, did you have, like, a, like, were you in a dorm or had an apartment by that point? Oh, yeah, so after after the first year, they ended up moving us into um, apartments, which were nice. But in the apartments, there were six of us. So there were mm. three rooms, and then each room was a different size. And so my first room, it was six foot five black guy from Cameroon. So, uh, yeah, the, the room felt a lot smaller than it actually was. He's obviously massive. But, yeah, I mean, every single year, they gradually upgraded our living situation. So, yeah, well, much. that's nice. And it's kind of like, I know for, like, as well as Akron, like, we were a startup program. Not the whole school, but the program. So we got... It was cool to see each year the program grow in money and grow in appreciation, not by that much, but but it was cool to see the difference of each year, and I I think about the kids who are coming in now, and they just get it all, and I'm like, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what it was like for us. Yeah, yeah, that, honestly, when I went to the, my alumni event, when I, was, I did the, I actually called them out, because they were complaining about everything, like, they yep. had everything. Like we we didn't even have lockers when we first got there. Oh we yeah. Complaining about getting to practice. Uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, crazy. it is like kind of nice though and cool to be able to have that time where like you do get to appreciate the things that yeah. you get as you go through the process. So you only were at Akron for a year and a half. Yeah, year and a half. So I came. Well, then you coached as well. No, but I. I came to Akron August 2021. I had one full season. And then after that, I was like a manager. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just yeah, called you Coach Sammy, though. <laughs> <laughs> before that spring, though, before uh, 2022 fall, I wasn't anything. Mm. So I was honestly just like working um, at the rec. Okay, so that's why it's I've, I've been known you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was your like on the field experience starting like how how did that progress of you starting coming to the u.s and like what was that also it being for you coming all the way to the u.s leaving all of your family and was that hard yeah um that's a tough one i mean i I don't really know because my personality i don't really care to like not be away from home i i kind of actually like seek it to be honest like, when i'm actually yeah. home to when i start to get like antsy and start to tweak <laughs> out I'm like, uh, yeah, it's time for me to go sorry mom obviously my mom get mom gets sad before i'm even leaving like she starts yeah like just looking at me sometimes i'm just like mom sorry i just have to leave i just have to i'm sorry but yeah i mean i, I don't really it was obviously a big difference like uh getting used to the way that things operate in america and the, the biggest thing for me was coming over and honestly was crossing the street when like cars would be driving by and that was something that was like very 
like concerned about at the beginning because like, sometimes I would look the wrong way when I was crossing the road because the Arizona roads were absolutely massive. And then obviously we drive on the left hand side of the road, you guys drive on the right hand side of the road. So I would be like crossing over the street, but I'll be looking to the other side. And then sometimes like I would have to like break just for like Oh my gosh, that's crazy to think about. I would have like never thought about yeah. that. That's yeah. I mean, there's so many things I'm gonna get have gonna have to get used to, like different modes of transportation, like yeah, yeah, taking exactly. the train more than I'm ever in a car and when I'm in Scotland. Yeah. So yeah. that'll be that's so yeah, you won't ever need a car. Yeah, that's so funny to think about that that you literally were just crossing the road. Like that's so simple. But yeah. for like I would have that would have never popped up in my brain. That's yeah, so interesting. I would always have headphones in as well, so it would always be like uh wouldn't actually ever hear if a car's coming on, it's just basically straight on my eyes. <laughs> like, if, I if, I if I didn't hear that car, if I didn't see that car, I'm I'm in trouble. I'm serious trouble. No times there were times where I actually almost didn't and these are like the little things I obviously never tell my parents. I'm just like, yeah, mom, everything's going fine, you know. Like, <laughs> my car today, you know, nothing, nothing big, you know. It's like pretty standard. But, yeah, oh. that was that was the the big defining. Because obviously, everyone there was there was a lot of internationals. Mm -hmm. So it didn't feel too out of place because people with different languages. Obviously, people in America could speak English. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was pretty chill. Yeah, that's fair. So was there anything? else noteworthy for the rest of your few years when you were there uh, yeah so so my third year so in 2019 i had just played um in a uso2 team in california so i stayed in california for four months with a host family mm. massive three great days they were they, <laughs> sick families who adopted ethiopian kids they were great but i overplayed i played so many minutes in the summer and then i played i came into the season in fall 2019 in like with a badly sprained ankle because mm. it was the first time i sprained my left ankle and it was like really swollen but obviously i kind of rushed back into like being healthy to try and get more minutes because i was frustrated being on the sidelines oh yeah and then then all of a sudden my left my left uh i mean just above my left ankle started hurting and I went to my train and they're like, oh, yeah, probably overplayed, probably just tendonitis. So I kept playing, kept playing, kept playing, never got better. And they kept mm. saying, yeah, let's just roll it out, let's just roll it out. Carried on playing, carried on playing. 14 games in, we're in our conference uh, conference tournament semifinal. With 20 minutes in the game, I, I can't run anymore. Because like I, I knew as well, I told my coach, because we were doing, um, like, sometimes, you, you know how you go away, you do, like, some swimming thing. or like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't swim. I couldn't like kick because like every time oh, I was geez. Cheap, like, yeah, it was hurt. So it's like a how how am I playing tomorrow? Yeah, like, like how am I playing right now? So after that, I was like, coach, I can't, I can't, I can't do it anymore. So I came back. Okay, the the, uh, the conference tournament was in California, mm -hmm. and then I went and did an MRI scan, and they said that I had a deeply like a deep stress fracture. So I played with a stress fracture for like fourteen games in a row, and then after that, my team went to national. They they gone to nationals. And I, I scored like a decent amount of goals, decent amount of assists. And that was like the first time, like my entire time in America, where like I actually shed a tear. Mm. So I was like, I've invested my entire time into this. And now I'm sitting here watching these guys play football on the TV. Like, even though like there were players there that weren't really involved the whole like, time period before that. They're over here getting the flights, they've gone to Florida, they're posting, they're all happy, excited, and giddy. And I'm just sitting there in a boot, not able to walk. And then that was the first time I called my mom. I was like, Mom, I don't know, I don't know about this sport.
sport. And then I will never forget what she told me. That at that point, she told me that I should always make sure that the, the, if you're being tested by the storm, it means that like you are built to be able to handle it. Like storms don't storms don't come to people that aren't able mm-hmm. to actually build the storm. And like nothing easy um, ever creates something that's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So after she told me that, I decided in the spring after that that I was gonna become a real leader even though I couldn't play. Mm-hmm. So in the in the practices in the spring, the following spring, I was coaching, I was always on my team, I was on I was on their case like as much as I could be. And that's when I actually ended up moving into being a captain of the team just because of that fact alone, because mm-hmm. like people didn't have a choice but to respect like to respect I wasn't complaining, I was just getting on with it. And yeah. I I will never forget that because the, the the every day, every day was like trying to coach them and help them was painful oh yeah I wasn't I wasn't gonna show them that so yeah that's that's something I really remember yeah that's valid I think that that is like I went through that as well and it was I wasn't in control of me being on the field and me being like because I was injured and doing other things whatever um and so there was times where I was like all right, like, what can I do? I'm still on this team. I'm still love these people. I still care about, like, them getting somewhere. And it's it's hard points in those times where you have to, like, put your pride aside and put your feelings aside as well. And, and not even aside, I guess, just putting them into something where you're going to be like, all right, let me get something out of this. Let me not waste my time. Let me not waste my teammates' time. Let me become, like, a second coach. I don't give a fuck if they are annoyed by me giving them these little tips all the time. I, I'm going to do something that I can help them out because I'm sitting there. I'm spending my two hours every day watching my teammates. I'm going to do something to make this tangible, to make it better. And yeah. it's so hard to do that in those yeah. moments. And even for me, I'd, I'd come home from doing that, and I'd just be like, Yeah, it's like wow I like because you're just you're just giving to everyone else and you yeah. you don't even know how to give to yourself in those moments yeah. Yeah. like you yeah. you don't know how to feed yourself as a human and as an athlete anymore because that's how you fed yourself was those moments being on the field and that's what made you happy and so transitioning that into trying to make your teammates happy but not seeing any growth for yourself is yeah. so hard like yeah, yeah. and I, I think, think it's I think it's, I think it's a big problem as well like with athletes like when we have problems like we don't really we can't really see the other side of it while we're inside of it mm-hmm. because uh, we get blinded by like the stressful emotions and why I really came to terms as well is that there's only so much care that some like other people have for you when you obviously like feeling bad for yourself like, oh like, yeah first like one two three times yep. but after a while like regardless of what's happening they're gonna be like okay like come on man like, we don't really need you here you can play in it right now so I mean that's something that uh, that's something that I always try to I try to tell to my younger brother as well like like there's only so many times you can complain about something before someone just will tell you to just shut up yep yep so. yeah that's real yeah I think for for me in that case I like I had always kind of been like the cheerleader and, be, and like I'm like that's not that's not why I'm here. I'm here to like play. Like I, I'm here to, when I think of myself as a senior in high school, I was thinking to play and it's kind of rewiring your brain to be like, 
no, this is okay. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is where, like, where my feet are is where I'm supposed to be and where I need to focus on and not on the bigger picture. And that's so hard to do, like, because you've built up years of being like, no, I'm I'm the athlete that has their cleats on the field and is scoring the goals. And it's so hard to translate that into. And then, like, for me, like, I, at some point, I just got tired of it. I was like, I, I, I love you guys. But, like, I can't – I'm giving way too much of myself, and I'm not – like, I could not figure out how to channel that into feeding myself. And, like, even though I was helping, it just is so hard to still fuel that side of the athlete part, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, know, yeah, I know exactly how it feels. That's what it feels for me when I kind of finished um, the Akron Fall in 2021. Uh, the spring of 2022, like, I proper lost myself like that athlete identity when I wasn't playing but I was like whoa what am I actually doing I'm like what I got like I'm still in school but I'm not playing my sport anymore like mm-hmm. just kind of lost just floating around in limbo like, oh, it was mm-hmm. a strange time strange strange time but I'm grateful for it though yeah oh yeah yeah and like I mean you were you were doing so many things like at like I, I you weren't at my house as much anymore like you were always like you were working, you were doing, like, you were working out, you were doing the things to fuel yourself and get better so that tomorrow you were 1% better, but it was, I, I could tell, like, a shift in your, your, where, your energy and stuff because you were just a little, and that's, like, so real. I think so, I think everyone goes through that, that realization of, wait, I'm, I'm not that, identity I've built up for the last yeah. 18 20 years and like no one really talks about that because but for a lot of people it's when you graduate and everyone leaves and then go back to your family or you go into working a job and yeah. I think that that's something that's so it needs to be talked about more um that's like it's just real yeah. it's just what happens and you can't go around it acting like it's not gonna eventually happen because everyone's like like oh no I'm gonna push it off I'm gonna push it off I'm gonna push it off but it's like it's 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 gonna happen and it's gonna take multiple months and and I know you started coaching and stuff so I'm sure that that was you grasped the identity of a coach and or like a team manager um (laughs) (laughs) I always I I in in my head you were just coach (laughs) but like yeah yeah but I know that like your your energy having you there like still meant a lot to those players and to yeah, yeah. be able to and for you as well like <laughs> being able to just be like all right like I'm still on the sidelines I don't have to watch from the stands like yeah <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> That's so real. Um Yeah, like so what what are you you've you left Akron like but that was you left in like Christmas time and you went um and you started doing your own thing. I was like, where's Sammy? Like <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of just like I'm kind of floating around right now, but I am coming up with a more permanent plan right now that I'm in due time 
it will be it will be made available to the world, I believe. But <laughs> <laughs> like you're gonna go live on Instagram, like. <laughs> Hey guys, hope everyone's here and ready. I'll be there at 7, 8, 7 p.m. live. Hope you tune yeah, in. I have yeah. made it through. <laughs> yeah, somehow, despite all odds, I am now here. But yeah, I mean, I ended up going to Kentucky for a bit after graduation. And then I went to Arizona for a bit and I came back to Kentucky. Then I went back to Arizona again and I went back to Kentucky. <laughs> And then I, then I went to Akron for the summer to play for them. And then I went back to Kentucky. Yeah. And then I obviously, obviously now it's a temporary hiatus in the UK for a bit. But mm-hmm. Have you yeah. been, have you just, like, what has been the shift of that athletic outlet for you? Have you been, like, playing? Because I know you, like, you came to Akron for a little um, and, like, were with your old teammates. But, like, what has been that outlet for you? Honestly... Truthfully, it's been like the searching of knowledge, really. Mm. Like, I spent a lot of my time, a lot of my time studying people who are way, way better than me. And like, so, like people who say things that I couldn't even imagine. Like I have like, I have a little journal here that I just like listen to things, just write down, pause, write down. And that's obviously, that's kept my mind going. Like even though my body's not as, it's not running like 90 minutes or like uh, a couple days a week anymore. It's like, it's actually more draining trying to understand myself because there's so mm. many, so many weaknesses that I wasn't even like attention to. Oh like, yeah, I was stubborn to the fact that I was stubborn. Can you imagine? Yeah, I, was, I, I, I knew that I was stubborn. I was like, nah, I'm actually stubborn. <laughs> like, man, you you got to figure it out, man. You got to really figure it out because we're gonna carry on going the same like patterns and cycles. Like, I'd find myself in the past having a lot of senseless conversations just because I was stubborn I didn't want to be wrong uh, <laughs> man I've got to start there and then just gradually just peel back the layers man, like an onion yeah that's real that's like it's and I think that it it comes at that time when you graduate that you are like wait I gotta I gotta sit with myself and sit with yeah. these thoughts and yeah. be like yeah oh, like, these aren't just, like, little random things that, like, pop up. Like, no, like, these are these are demons I got to uncover yeah. and literally fight in my head. And yeah. I think that college is a lot of, like, numbing that. Yeah. And whether that's with, like, alcohol or whatever or with um your sport yeah. or hanging out with your friends. And I think we all... Like, it's fun to do that. Like, I'm not going to say it's not, but it's, you have to, it is really hard. I think everyone hits a moment where they're like, they look themselves in the mirror and are like, hey, me and you, we're, we're in here together. Like, we have to, we have to start like journaling and uncovering the shit and being really real and just being just like real to yourself. Like, I struggle with this. Like, and that's, I, and just proclaiming that to yourself, being like, yeah, I struggle with being stubborn. I struggle with doing this and being like, all right, how can I get better at this? How can I not do this thing today? And like slowly, and it's a lot of having grace with yourself. And I think that that's an everyday battle of uncovering that stuff. And I feel like that's probably not even just for athletes. That's for any human. Um, Yeah, 100%. But I think with uh, 
with sports in school, like in college, um, doing the like, athletics every single day, it kind of turns people like mentally flaccid, where mm. they just they don't even they're not paying attention to the actual thoughts that are going on because they're surrounded by constant noise. Like they're always around their friends, they're always doing this, they're always doing that. Like there's very rarely a time like when you're an athlete where you're actually just silent. Yeah. Because, like if you're not if you're not practicing, you have you getting caught into watch film. If you're not watching film, you're going up away to like trip for a game. If you're not doing film or going to trip for a game or schoolwork, so it's not really a it's not really a time where you can just sit there and like just be there with your own mind. Yeah. No, for real. There were so many times where like, and I at the time that I was thinking this, I would not be able to have the self honesty about that. But like, there were times where I'd be like, I. I need my best friend to come over. I need my friends to come over. Or I need a boyfriend or whatever it is that I tried to numb myself with of being like just because I couldn't sit with myself. Yeah. I literally could not like I could not stand to just sit in a room by myself. And I that's why I think it's like so hard to like sit down and journal and read and right. do those like types of things that really do help people grow because yeah. we're in our phones as well. We're so, like, we're stimulated by sports. We're stimulated by our phones. Like, there's... Oh, it's, it's just, yes, it's constant, constant. And, like, and that's the goal of the world as well, is yeah. just to distract us. And, like, like the more time we spend on our phones, the less we're furthering ourselves. Get me going, man. Get me going. Get me going. I'm telling you, I swear. I swear, because if I start a very long podcast episode <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean athletes definitely do live in a bubble mm-hmm. and uh, what happens is they normally as they're getting close to the end of i like saying like this like as they're getting close to the end of their athletic career it's like imagine like you're holding a needle and it's just like the time like your, your third and fourth year like you're just stroking the inside of the bubble with the needle and then the fourth year come boom needle goes straight through pops it and all of a sudden, you're in the real world, and atmosphere oh. like crushing you. That's that's normally what is very easy to forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To and it. then it's like, wait, I have to graduate. I can't stay here any longer. I yeah. like my like. I don't have a. I can't take another red shirt year. Like, yeah. you, yeah. See the the system is just not going to support you any longer. Nope. And as and as well, it's like you get to have access to so many things and as an athlete um like you get to have a psychologist you get to have like a mentor as your coach you get like so many friends and constant community and you have even your pts like they're like a second therapist yeah, like yeah, yeah. psychologist for you cuz like you're constantly just like bruh this is hard because they see it every day because they're with you and your teammates all the time um and then it's like well oh i i graduated i have none of that anymore and refiguring out how to life again is like a whole something like less than seven percent of high school athletes go on to play um sports in college mm-hmm. and that's and, and then obviously that's high school athletes playing sports in college and think about how many playing division one sports like yeah the, the, the amount the numbers are probably negligible mm-hmm. so athletes will always be the anomaly in college like that's why you, like you look at um the cupcake field like look how many like on the the field the hill on, on the other side where like people are spectating 
mm-hmm. but then there's just 11 people on the pitch that's, yes like, that's that's the comparison yeah yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> this that made me that visualization made me think of uh this is just something that pisses me off it's so random but like i hate when like I'd I'd be balling ball growling for Akron soccer team and these men in the stands would be like, Malik, run faster, what are you doing? And I'm like the kids also running at sixty miles an hour, but like what you probably couldn't even run at five miles an hour. Like, shut up. Like why are you like putting like the pressure is and then you mess up and it's like you're the scum of the earth like yeah, we don't yeah, even yeah. know yeah, you anymore yeah it's so like, yeah all, the, all these commentators in the crowd man like actors that they know the game yes like, bro you're, you're just a nerd like you're just a nerd sitting there watching this like 18 to 22 year olds like run around the pitch and you're over here like cussing them out like, yep oh yeah out, oh yeah and like, it's coming to a, you're coming to a college game and doing you're coming to a college game. It's not even progressive. It's a college game. At yes. your massive age, you are over here shouting at these children. Yeah. Not running fast when he's already like like borderline breaking the sound barrier. Over <laughs> and like you're over here like shouting to just run fast across there. Like get out of here, man. Yeah, literally. And they're like, wait, what's like? They're like, look. They have the little book. They're looking through all the names. Like they're like, oh, I think that he grew up in here. And I'm like, you. Why, why is your Jackson not starting today? <laughs> and I'm like, why are you why are you talking about my friends? You don't know yeah. them. You don't know them like I know them. Like, <laughs> oh, I went I went to high school with him. No, you didn't, man. <laughs> you didn't go to high school with them. They don't know who you are. You don't exist in their world. So you're there watching the stands for a reason. You're gonna go and try and just watch him after the game, and they're not gonna pay attention. Like it's just yeah. Know, and like think, he's but... there. The kids on the field are already in their head. Like, trying to get out of their head, being like, shut up, whoever is in my head talking to me, being wow. negative, and then you're yelling this thing yeah. that they already know they messed up for. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Let's just slap him in the face again. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. it's bonkers yeah. to me. Yeah, we, we, know, we know the standard already. Like, we, don't, we don't need other people to come in. Yeah. In yeah. I think that a big part of that as well is, like, that being a college athlete like you're your own worst critic and like and if you're not shit kudos to you because you're probably at the top of your game and like or maybe you're not because you aren't self-aware but like yeah yeah, but like it's it's oh it's such a mental game and it's like no one I don't know for me I had no one who really talked to me about that stuff it, like, I was, like, thinking those things, like, talking to my roommates and teammates about them, but not, like, on a level where someone was, like, yeah. Like, that's, like, validating, like, yeah, that shit's, you're gonna have that. And it was, like, I'm just all up in my head, like, this should not be going on, but this is human. And this is, yeah. everyone else is thinking those same thoughts. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, don't, I, I can count one time, maybe, the amount of times I've had it like in college like an actual like psychological conversation with someone about it yeah it didn't didn't happen very often Mm -mm. it's a shame yeah and i think that like that is such a big thing in athletics because that's like 90 percent of your game you're the 10 percent you're practicing all those hours you're physically doing all those things but you have your brain with you 
all of the time. And your brain doesn't really shut off ever, except for when you're sleeping. And it probably took you an hour and a half to fall asleep because you were overthinking the one thing you did at practice wrong that your coach probably didn't even see. But that thing just eats you alive. And not the tools that like like we're taught how to become faster we're taught how to get off the line faster but it's like why are we not taught how to quiet our mind a little bit more how to like really breathe through these things and how to control our brains and take over of this this little box like it's it's so crazy that it's not implemented more in athletics because like you said like that's like one to like three percent of high school people who play at that level like why is that not why are we not giving people like that yeah yeah because i mean the best performers in any like area they're cerebral man like their their control of their mind is oh yeah like like the the kobe's mj's lebron's like like anyone, like Tiger Woods, anyone in any sports, like or even not even just sports, any like they could be actors, singers, performers, like the way that they put their mind in a certain space before going to an event mm-hmm. is unheard of, and that's yeah. that alone gives them an edge against anyone they go against. Yeah, like, for those people, I'm sure that like they have gotten to the place where they can be like, when I when one negative thought pops up, I immediately get that out, and I. I can become self-aware, like, they've become self-aware enough to, when that comes up, it's, like, a notification on your phone, like, an amber alert to them in their brain, like, nope, that, because the, those negative thoughts, like, your brain believes everything that you tell it, so if you tell it that you're the best player, like, it, you can live in such a fantasy world in your brain, or you can live, like, your brain just believes and anything and everything you tell it, and so, like, that's why, like, I'm, I've become so big on, like, dude, why are you, like, allowing yourself to say all these negative things out loud? Like, you really just have to control yourself and be, like, instead of saying all those negative things, I'm going to say, like, ten positive things. And even though I really, really, really want to, like, complain to my best friend about those things, it's, like, that's not going to help you. That's not going to help your best friend. Like, it might seem like that's really going to get you somewhere, but after you, after you, like, give yourself, give yourself five minutes to really get it all out there, scream, do whatever you need to do. But then after that, really reel it back in and realize, okay, how am I going to push forward from this? And that's so hard to do, but I think that that is something that uh, we need to, like, needs to really be focused on in athletics. Yeah, I mean, just, we live in such a pessimistic society as well, like, Everything is everything's just looking for ways to just complain or look at this negative thing. That's why I always talk about the news. The news 
news, the news, the news. It's absolute poison. Very the things you see on social media are to poison your mind. That's how. That's, that's why people. I know people when I was in college that had like thirteen hour screen times all the time. Oh. Thirteen hours. Like, yes, okay, maybe it's it's not it's not completely realistic to say okay, everyone's not gonna have like thirteen hour screen time, but. When I watch how the screen time, mm-hmm. if you're sitting on like one app and that's taking up like the majority of that, then that's when it becomes a problem. Yep. There's a reason why, like in China, when you're on TikTok, they will see stuff of like engineers, like people winning awards, scientists, mm-hmm. But then obviously, UK, America on TikTok, you see like things that are just going to trap your mind. Like, oh, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow, was that? And then you just like end up going the yep. same cycle over and over yep. again. Next thing you know, it's been like four hours, then five hours, then oh wow, I've got training, I've got practice in the morning. Oh, oh I've got practice in two hours. How did I stay awake this long? Yeah, my, my eyes are on fire, man. Yeah. I'm just watch this one more video. And like they that's what that's what their goal is, is to make us yeah. zombies. And they yeah. do it so well. Like yeah, they succeeded, man. And it's like what like Oh, it just has so much power over us that we just allow ourselves to let it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's um, it's yeah. Well, this has been like this has been some real shit. This has been so good. So, I yeah. Thank you for doing this. I've loved every second of it. I'm so happy that these people get to hear the real, like, just raw thoughts that Sammy speaks to me every day like I just I just miss having you around all the time like that was you've always had some real shit to say and I'm yeah adios